Before I tell you a little bit about Unbound, I would like to uh, tell you a true story. It happened a number of years ago now in the southern part of our state. Mother brought her young son to church. He's about three, maybe four years old. And she sat way in the left side, last back pew, and she brought with her one of his favorite toys and a coloring book. And the little boy, he put the kneeler down, he sat on that, and he used the, the bench as a desk, and he was being very well behaved all through Mass until it came time for communion. And he noticed that, you know, the atmosphere was kind of changing, people were beginning to move around, and so he closed his book and he stood up on the pew, and he could barely see over the person in front of him, but he noticed people were leaving their, their pews, they were coming up to the front, the priest was giving them something, and they went back and, and sat down. <clears throat> and so he watched this until the communion line got back, and it was his mother's turn to come up for communion. And she leaned over and she whispered in his ear, and she must have whispered something like this, uh, stay here, I'll be right back. And you have kids know, big mistake. And she started out, and she got to the end of the pew, and he looked over at her and he said, get me one, Mom. <laughs> and she stopped and looked back, but he was watching what was going on. She made her second mistake. She kept going. She got about the middle of this long line, and you could see the wheels turning in the little guy's head that, that maybe, um, maybe she didn't hear me because she didn't acknowledge it. So he cupped his hands. At the top of his voice, he said, I want one, Mom! And the whole church erupted. I think they were all glad they weren't the mom. <laughs> she just stood there with her head down, and she was as red as a beet. And as she came up to receive communion, he was uh, watching her very closely, and he noticed that when she turned away, she was empty-handed. So he cupped his hands again, top of his voice, he said, I need one, Mom! But it didn't do any good. She ran down the side aisle <laughs> to get back to him, and as she, as she turned to go into the pew, he, he's standing on the pew, he put his hands on his hips, and he looked over at her, and he said, sure could have used one. <laughs> now, I tell you that story because it's true, and kids are great. But I think when I tell you that, we all commiserate with the mom, don't we? Because we've all been there. And we know how terrible feeling it is to be spotted out in a crowd and be embarrassed. And so we feel for her. We have empathy for her. But today I'd like you to take a little different viewpoint. I'd like you to take the viewpoint of the child. He wanted something. He needed something. And he called out to the one person that he thought would get it for him, his mom didn't work, but he tried. Didn't matter to him that everybody in the church turned around, looked at him, and laughed. This was between him and his mom. And he thought if anybody in that church was going to get it for him, it would be his mom. But today I'd like to introduce you to someone. Today I have 120 little voices that have no other voice but mine to call out to you and tell you of their need and their want. And I'd like to introduce you to one of the little voices this morning. Her name is Stacy. She's a little 12-year-old girl, and she lives in Kenya. And it's one of the little voices that Unbound has heard and is looking for a sponsor for it. 
Let me tell you a little bit about her living conditions. There are seven people living in her home. The walls of the home are constructed of mud, and the roof is made of iron sheets, and the floor is dirt. It does not have electricity, and they use firewood for cooking. They get their water supply from the dam. Stacy sleeps on a shared mat and blankets on the floor. Her family lives in a community that solely depends on farming for daily survival. However, they struggle to make ends meet financially. And this is one of the little voices that is trying to call out to you today and tell you of their need and their want. Unbound is a Catholic uh, lay-led organization. It was started in the early 80s, 1983, in Kansas City. Started by a family um, who was sitting in church much like you are this morning. They had a background in missionary work in Guatemala, and they decided they couldn't just sit by anymore knowing the great poverty there is in our world and the great need that they needed to do something. And so they decided that they would go back to Guatemala and they would establish a program called Christian Foundation for Children. And they wanted it to be a little different than other organizations where you just put money into a, a pot and, and everybody comes and is taken care of. They wanted it to be a one-on-one -on -one relationship with each individual. For this reason, they feel, they feel that it's very important for the individual to know that someone else in the world cares about them. And so they started a, a sponsorship program. When you sponsor them, all of your money goes to that person. And they would like you to write them and share your life with them because they will write you and share their life with you and tell you of their dreams. When they arrived in Guatemala, they found that there was another great need, and it was the aging population. And so they changed their name to Christian Foundation for Children in Aging, and they became the only sponsorship program in the United States that took care of aging people. And, in, and they've spread out since then uh, to well over 18 countries. They have over 300,000 people under sponsorship. But it is a sponsorship program. In other words, I don't find somebody for Stacy. She doesn't enter the program. And the reason for that is their philosophy. Their philosophy is this. We believe in you. And that is extremely important for a human being to know that people believe in you. I mean, you are who you are today because people have believed in you throughout your life. Usually your family. But someone believed enough in you to give you your first job when you had no idea what you were doing. Somebody believed enough in you to uh, trust you with their money. They gave you a loan. You see, we are who we are because people stand with us. And how important it is for us to know that somebody's got our back and cares whether we live or die. And so they found that by doing this, these people know that someone in the world cares about them and writes to them and tells them about their life. And they will share it back with you. Now what they'll do is they'll take one person in the family and then they help the whole family. So if you were to sponsor Stacy today, and it costs $36 a month, but if you were to sponsor her by Wednesday or Thursday, she'd know she'd have a sponsor. And I can't tell you the great joy there is when they are informed that they have a sponsor. And immediately she starts to receive food she receives medicine if she needs it, and she begins with her education. 
once they've done this and they help the whole family to move and plan for tomorrow. That's important. This is not an organization that just takes care of today. It plans and helps them for tomorrow. It does not go in and tell them what they need. It goes in and asks them what their dreams are. And then they help and assist them to attain those dreams. Now, perhaps you are frustrated. I get frustrated sitting in church listening to the scriptures because I know what Jesus expects of us. He expects us to love one another. He expects us to live one and lift one another up, to put a hand out. Now, that's easy to do here in Oshkosh. It's easy to do in your families. It's easy to do at work. It's easy to do among your friends. But how do you change someone's life in Kenya? You can't leave Oshkosh and go to Kenya. We need organizations like this that become our hands and our feet and brings that message of love to others. And that's how we change our world. You change it one life at a time. Now let me give you an example of that. In 1898, there was a farmer by the name of Fleming. He lived in Scotland. He was out in the barnyard one day and he was going about his chores when he heard a scream for help. So he dropped what he was doing and he went in search of the person that was in such need of help. And he came upon a moor, which is like a big swamp. And there was a young boy about his son's age up to his waist in, dirt, in the dirt and, and sinking. And he realized that if he didn't do something that the boy was going to die. So he set about cutting down branches and things. He put them down so he could get out there without you know, getting stuck himself. And he pulled the boy out, and the boy ran home. And the farmer, he didn't give it another thought. He just went back doing his chores. Until the next morning, while they were having breakfast with his family, a carriage pulled up in front, and a man got out who was dressed in fine linen, he was very rich, knocked on the door, and when the farmer answered, uh, the man said, are you the gentleman who saved my son's life yesterday? And the farmer said, yes, I am. He said, well, then I'd like to reward you. And the farmer took a step back and he said, no, I won't accept a reward for doing a good deed. And just at that moment, the farmer's young son came out. You know how kids do. Stood next to his dad, so he was at the door. And the rich man said, is that your son? He said, yes, he is. He said, well, then... If you will allow me, I'll make you a deal. I will make sure that your son has all the educational opportunities that my son will have. And the farmer, figuring, I'm never going to see this guy again, agreed. But true to his word, the rich man sent the farmer's son to all the best schools, best education, until he was old enough to decide what he wanted to do with his life and the boy wanted to be a doctor. So he sent him to the most prestigious medical school in London, and in, he became a physician. And in 1928, he did something that changed the whole world, touched your life, made your life better and safer. You see, his name was Sir Alexander Fleming. He's the doctor who discovered penicillin. One kind act gave the world the cure for many diseases. 
But it doesn't end there. It seems that little years later, the rich man's son came down with pneumonia. And in those days, it was a death sentence. But the farmer's son's discovery of penicillin cured him. And again, he went on to change the world. See, his name was Winston Churchill. So you see, one kind act, you never know how it's going to change the world for the better. You sponsor Stacy, you may be giving the world the greatest gift it's ever gotten. You just don't know. Now we all know how to live the gospel. We all know that if, if Stacy were laying in your parking lot out here, that you wouldn't pick her up. And if she needed clothing, you'd give her clothes. If she needed food, you'd feed her. If she was hurt, you'd make sure she had medical treatment. We know how to do it. But somehow, somewhere in our life, it's out of sight, out of mind. But I'll tell you something, there are 120 Stacys at the entrance to your church. They're all hurting. They're all looking for help. They're all calling out. So what I'd ask you to do for me, it's hard to explain a program like this in a couple minutes. If you have questions, stop by, we'll answer them. But I'll ask you to do something for me. In a few minutes, Jesus Christ is going to stand at this altar, just as surely as I'm standing in front of you. You ask him, is this how he asks you to fulfill the gospel message, the mandate of the gospel, to love? If it is, stop by and sponsor one of my kids or one of my aging people. If you can't afford it, and to be honest, we can't all, are all in a position where we might be able to sponsor, we'll take a donation. And 100% of that donation goes into the scholarship fund for the kids. But I'm going to ask you to do something that we can all do. I'm going to ask you to pray for them. Because that is something we are all capable of and we all believe in, or we wouldn't be here. We believe in the power of prayer. So I'm going to ask you to stop by, pick up one of these folders, and look at the picture. Why? Because it's a lot easier to pray for someone you've seen than someone you've never seen. Pick it up, go home, and pray for them. And if that's the way that you can do it, you'll change their life. If you have a question, stop by. We'll be glad to answer. And I'm sure that you do. But thank you for listening. Pray over this. If this is the way God wants you to move, then we're more than happy to help you move. But I'm not here to take up a collection. I'm here to present you with an opportunity. And it is the opportunity to change another person's life. Thank you for listening.